The Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie-care.com to learn more. That's prairie-care.com. Hello, my friends, and welcome here into this episode of the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. My name is Brian Pyatt. I'm your host, and just want to officially welcome you into this space. No matter what it is that you have going on in your life over there, so glad that you're here. And really looking forward to, to bringing you this conversation here today sitting here recording this as it is raining, it is thundering, it is storming outside on this Sunday, and uh, I have to say it's kind of cozy sitting here chatting with all of you with uh, a little rain coming down outside. On the episode today, we are talking to uh a wonderful human being by the name of Michelle Diavella. And I know for some of you, if you practice breath work, um, this might be a name that you are familiar with. And if it is not a name that you are familiar with, you will be more familiar with her and her beautiful work here by the time that our conversation is is, is through on this episode. Um, Michelle is a breathwork facilitator and she is the author of the book, The Bright Side of a Broken Heart. And I get into it a little bit here right at the beginning of the episode, so I won't go into it too deep here now, but, um, or I guess I, I get into it at the beginning of our, our interview. But I, I, Michelle has been, has been a really, really transformative, integral piece in, in me getting started with my own breathwork practice that has been so, so powerful. I, uh, I came across her work a couple of years ago, actually on YouTube. And I, I ended up downloading through her website an offering that she has called Getting Started with Breathwork. And it has been such a powerful tool. I have used it so, so, so many times. And it's a, it's a really, really great entry point into this whole breathwork world. If, if that's something that you're interested in and something that you're kind of being called towards, uh, it's, it's a really beautiful place to start. I also attended an event that she did back in 2020 called Overcoming Fear of Being Seen and Heard in Your Business and had a really, really beautiful experience with that as well. So I hope that you find this conversation helpful. We talk about the impact that Breathwork has had on her life. We talk about uh, kind of what breath work is and, and how she describes it and, and how it can, can be helpful for you out there and also has some really, really beautiful words 
for any of you out there who might be going through a hard time right now and, and maneuvering some tough things in your life, she has some, some beautiful words that uh, I think you might find really comforting. So we're going to get started, my friends. So grateful to Michelle for taking some time to chat and to connect. And here we go. My, my conversation with the wonderful Michelle Diavella. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here, Michelle. Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I, I have to say, I, I think actually I'm at my, my family's lake place right now. Um, and I think it was in this, in, in this space that I did breath work with you for the very first time on YouTube. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I didn't even know you used the breath work meditation from YouTube. Yes. And it was, it was, I had done, I think breath work, you know, I'd done a lot of yoga and I had done, I think like a breath work video before that, but I have to say your, your YouTube video, I, I, I will never forget how I felt after that. It was like this huge, like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I could feel this calm. Oh. And, um, and, and truly you're, you're getting started with breathwork series, like those recordings. I have used those so many times. They've been so pivotal for like my own breathwork practice. And so I just have to like name that right at the beginning. And I'm just so, so thankful to you for all that you're, you're doing out there in the world. Thank you so much. It's so nice to hear that. I know a lot of people engage with my work and I never, like I'll get emails and stuff from people, but to be able to like connect with somebody face to face and, and hear that yeah. it's always, I forget sometimes that my YouTube video exists. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh yeah, there's this thing I made like several years ago that people are engaging with all the time. And it was the first time that I'd ever done kind of the three-part breath that yeah. that you facilitate. And I remember it was such a journey of, I remember at first being like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then getting like really frustrated, like how mm -hmm. she's, Michelle's expecting me to be able to do this breath for this uh, amount of time. Like I'm getting frustrated, I'm getting irritated. And then just like the expansiveness on the other side of that and yeah. the like, like soothing of my central nervous system. I will never, I will never forget it. Oh. So, um. I just, yeah, it's kind of cool to, to look back on that. Yeah. Um, do you, yeah, does it ever feel like with your work that you're kind of wondering like where it's landing? I know doing this sometimes you're kind of like, why am I doing this? Like if you're not actually hearing from people yeah. that, are, that are on kind of the receiving end. It's so funny because like I've been doing this work for almost 10 years now. And so, well, and just in terms of even writing things and sharing myself vulnerably and like posting it in the ethers and then getting yeah. feedback from people every once in a while. I mean, I do, there are periods of time where I've gotten a lot of feedback over the years, just people sending emails and stuff. And then of course the reality is that you're touching people's lives in ways that you can't even understand because the majority of people don't reach out, you know, which yeah. is totally fine. It's like that happens all the time where we get, you know, a hit of information or we do a breathwork meditation online. And then that takes us maybe to a different facilitator or a different journey or to my teacher and people become facilitators yeah. themselves. I think that I feel at this point in my life very grounded and for me, like I never was doing sharing things to receive something back. It was always an expression of my soul that I felt I had to do. And mm -hmm. for the beginning years, especially, it was really about me expressing myself to heal myself. So if I wrote something, I felt I had to share it because that was part of my journey, feeling comfortable being seen for who I really am. Um, mm. and, and also I felt very uncomfortable being vulnerable. 
And then as I basically became a facilitator, like I definitely, you know, um, David, David Elliott, my teacher, and I know you've studied with him as well. He has a book called The Reluctant Healer. And I was certainly reluctant as well. I had no intention of being a breathwork facilitator. I did not consider myself a healer or somebody who was interested in helping people heal. I was primarily just a creative person and I would, you know, be drawn to go inward and process things and then I would share it. And so Mm. like, that's still my journey where I'm like, you know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not like, I'm not here to like show people the way I am here to express what my experience has been, what I've learned from my journey and whoever it resonates with, it resonates with. And I'm kind of fine. Like I get, you know, I get enough feedback where I'm engaged with people and I'm, I'm doing, I have a healing practice. So like I support people on the healing journey, but the satisfaction for me is more actually about creating whatever it is that I want to create and then just kind of putting it out in the world. Yeah. And then it becomes its own thing. You know, the guided breathwork meditation on YouTube is like its own thing. It's not me anymore because I'm not who I was in 2018 or whenever I created that. And so yeah. it just kind of exists and it supports people. And then like who I am now and what I'm offering now is going to support maybe some people who've worked with that, maybe people who've never seen that before and are just drawn to who I am at this point. Yeah. All the different phases. Right. How did you get introduced to breath work? How did you come across the the practice? Yeah. It's a funny (laughs) journey because (laughs) it's such a different world now than it was back when I found breath work because now I feel like it's much more mainstream. My dad practices breath work. It's a lot of my family members practice breath work. Wim Hof, I think, has made things really accessible. And obviously there's a lot of different types of breathing work that people are working with these days. Um, back in, I think it was like 2013 when I found it, I had, I was basically very emotionally repressed. And one of the ways that it was manifesting in my body was through teeth grinding at night. And it's actually something I still have an issue with, but like it basically had been so exacerbated that I kind of like pinched some nerves in my neck. So like walking was painful. Everything was painful. It was a time in my life where like nothing was going well. Like my relationships had issues. I had no money, like pretty much no money. I was like going, I wasn't even paycheck to paycheck because I've always never really had a full-time job. So it was like little jobs here and there making money. Didn't have much money even pay for groceries. Um, just was going through a lot of difficult times. And I was looking for somebody to help me resolve the physical um, pain that I was in. And I there's like a series of synchronistic events that basically led me to look into an Ayurvedic practitioner. I was living in LA at the time. So I did a Google search on this guy and he popped up. There were a couple things about him. I actually I was looking for a craniosacral therapist because I had heard that that would help resolve my, my clenching mm. and my grinding. He was also an Ayurvedic practitioner, and I had been reading Anita Morjani's book, Dying to Be Me, which was basically, she had a near-death experience, one of the most profound. And that title in and of itself for me was exactly what the journey was that I was on, and I didn't realize it. So wanting to be myself, wanting to discover who I really was. And yeah, so I like emailed this guy, we went back and forth. And um, at the end of our email exchange, he basically was like, I can't help you you need to do breath work. And I, what I wanted from him was him to do one session with me under the amount of money that I had and like heal me, you know? So he was very clearly like, you actually have deeper issues. You have control issues. You have trust issues. 
here's the path that will like be best for you because you could come in and do a session with me and it's not going to actually do, you know, do you justice. So there was something about his, what he shared with me that spoke deeply to what I knew was true and I was ignoring. And so I like kind of thought maybe I'll work with the, like maybe I'll look into the breathwork um, facilitator and I kind of put it aside and then I just got desperate. And so I did. I started working with somebody who was a student of David's. He gave me David's book. And I immediately, like for me, it's different for everybody. Some people do breath work and they crack wide open immediately. For me, it was not like that at all. I had so much repressed emotion in my body. I was so like controlling, so untrusting that it was like chipping away at layers. All I layers. All I knew was that I basically felt a little bit better each time I went. I was like, okay, I feel like a little bit lighter. I kind of felt high. I didn't really know what was going on because he didn't really tell me anything. He was just like, lay down the table, breathe. And he played some music and stuff. Um, And then eventually I ended up looking into David's work. I did a training and then I started practicing the work and noticed all the ways that it was shifting my life. So that's interesting. It was kind of a gradual, gradual process for you of kind of leading yeah. into some of those deeper things. Yeah, very slow. Like I had so yeah. much resistance in my body, you know, like when you're talking about your experience, how does she expect me to do, you know, <laughs> breathing for this long? I had so much resistance in my body when I first started um, practicing breath work that I would have to do like hour long sessions by myself because I would like pass out. I would, I would kind of just like black out or like fall asleep because everything felt so heavy and so thick. It was so dense and difficult for me to be with that my, my consciousness would just kind of be like, this is too much for me and then leave. And then I would come back to it just to get a little bit of an opening. And so for me, it was like, it took a lot of time for me to actually get to a place where I could like have access to my heart feel connection to my soul and start to recognize, like, I obviously knew something was happening that was powerful for me because I kept coming back to it. So I would get a little bit more relief. I would feel a little lighter. I would feel a little more connected to myself. But my journey has been like, you know, peeling layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. And like, I've been doing this work for nine years and still, you know, there's more layers to the onion. I think that's just kind of part of the journey. Totally. And I, and I think there's some beauty in that, that, yeah. you know, we can get to maybe even kind of speaking to what you were saying about, you know, you wanted to initially go to that guy and do one session and be mm-hmm. cured, you know, mm-hmm. and have it all be gone. And and I think sometimes I find almost comfort in the fact that, hey, it's just going to be kind of a lifelong journey of of unpeeling and, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, leaning into the work and instead of trying to arrive maybe at this place of, aha, I'm cured. It's yep. more like, how do we just you know, kind of show up with all this stuff along for the ride every day and yeah. do the best that we can to to take care of ourselves. Exactly. I mean, I think it it um, releases a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like when there's some place to get to, some end goal, it's like you can get really stuck in the why am I not there yet? Yes. Yes. Do you, um, 
are there are there any were there any moments along the way that you really started to notice? I know you kind of talked about it as starting to get more into your heart. Mm-hmm. Were there were there moments along the way that you kind of were like, whoa, something's starting to happen here? Yeah, people started to notice that I was changing. That was a really big indicator for me. So I had like my family members. It took a long time for my family to see my true transformation. I was talking to somebody about this the other day where like there's something with family where they'll keep seeing you as like the wounded self for like way beyond when you Hmm. feel that aspect of yourself. It took like years for them to catch up and like really see me. Um, But they did start Mm. to notice pretty quickly that I was becoming more warm, like that I had this like Mm. cold kind of energy, this sort of like stay away from me, like I'm not accessible, I'm not approachable. Um, Mm. And even some of my closest friends were recognizing that I felt warmer, I felt lighter, that I wasn't so like bogged down. I just had more access to myself. I at that time in my life was very much unconsciously um, attempting to be who I thought I should be. I mm. had like this very strong identity. And in trying to do that, I was basically leaking a lot of my life force energy. So I was very drained. I was actually very exhausted and it was artificial and people can feel that, you know, you can feel when somebody's not authentically being themselves or when they're efforting. And so when that was starting to shift, it's like, it doesn't have to dramatically change for people to experience you differently. And so I started getting feedback on that. And I knew that I was feeling a little different. Um, But then like things in my life started, my exterior world started to very much shift where like relationship, the person that I was living with, um, a roommate and friend of mine, like things got very toxic in the living environment. My dog jumped through a second story glass window Mm -hmm. and um, basically developed severe PTSD And then I went through like some breakups. And so all of these things started to shift in my life where it's not coincidental. Like when we go inward and we start excavating things that it starts to show up, you know, it looks like turmoil, it looks like chaos, it looks like drama in our lives, but it's opportunities to clear things out and then to create what it is that's going to be more in alignment with our true essence. For people who maybe are new to this kind of world of breath work and, and maybe have not practiced it themselves, mm-hmm. I, I'm always so, so fascinated with kind of how people describe it. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's something that's like so hard to describe. I always feel like everybody that maybe does breath work, everybody's going to have kind of their own unique way of describing it. But mm-hmm. have, have you tapped into a way to kind of verbalize what the experience of breath work is? I mean, the way that I describe it in the simplest, simplest way is that it's a tool to support you in letting go of your mind and connecting you to your heart. That is going to um, feel really simple. Like it's going to sound really simple. The experience of it is obviously like it's simply that, but the experience feels so vast because when you're in your mind, you're really limited to the experience you have, you know, you're basically seeing things through like one dimension and experiencing life through one dimension and through this very narrow kind of experience. And then when you're getting into your heart and a lot of times the reason why the heart is so blocked is because we're afraid of actually going through the grief and the pain that's sitting there to get to the heart. Mm. But when you're willing to do that and then you get into this heart space 
you know, the experience is, is love, you know, it's gratitude, it's peace, it's joy. It's, you know, I mean, you can have a whole variety of experiences and if you continue the work, you tend to experience, you know, the spectrum of most of what can happen for you. Um, but it just, it opens things up to feel and experience life in a completely new way. The way that I relate to the work is, um, you know, it's about connecting you to the love that is inherently within you, that's connected to something greater than yourself, however you want to interpret that. Everybody has their own cosmology, but like inherently then it's also about the connection to our own love and then how we feel about ourselves. And then once we get to that place, it, it, transforms the way that we see other people and feel about other people. Like sometimes you're really, you could go into a breathwork session and be having this difficult time with somebody in your life and you Mm -hmm. breathe and you connect to your heart and you're out of that wounded place. You're out of your intellect and you suddenly, nothing needs to change about the relationship. Like you maybe see it completely differently in you. It creates more freedom and more space. Yes. Oh, it, it, um, I think that's so beautifully said. I, I've I've often described it as just meeting ourselves a little bit more gently. I love you that. know, like I like I just feel like it it, it takes all these things where day to day we're so up in our mind and our our headspace and it's so complex and it's so urgent and scary and just convoluted up there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the breath work has a way of even if it's just very momentarily of getting a little bit more into that heart space where it can just be like, okay, like these things that I'm ruminating about or I'm going through or I'm scared about, like even just for a moment, it can just land a little bit more softly. And so that I can maybe just operate from that space moving forward. Yeah, because a little bit more. Exactly. Because when, when you're doing that, you're actually experiencing a shift it's just, it seems really like, like momentary, right? So if it happens yeah. for a couple seconds or a couple minutes or half hour, whatever it is, even if it's like a day, you know, and then you wake up the next morning and it feels like you're kind of back to what it used to be like, it can be really frustrating for people. But mm-hmm. what happens is, you know, because I've been doing this work for so long, I've got to witness it in myself is like, it actually eventually creates true shift, a true change Mm. where you're not actually responding in the way that you used to. And like the limiting beliefs that used to show up for you are just gone at a certain point. And it, Mm. you know, it can, again, it's like kind of tricky to talk about these things because we can easily get to like an end goal kind of thing where it's like, well, I have to get to the place where it never shows up for me or whatever. Hmm. But it's more about just that the shift actually does happen but like it's the moment to moment what you're what you're saying, you know, if you give yourself yeah. one moment to, to be in that heart space, to be gentle with yourself, to give yourself a little bit of space, then, you know, it's accessible to you and you can yeah. come back to it. And then the more you give yourself permission to come back to it, the more comfortable it feels to actually live from that space. And then there's a practice of it being a choice. And then eventually it becomes integrated the more you do that moment by moment. Mm. So it's kind of a gradual leaning in and kind of an, an, an accumulation of tapping into that space that over time can kind of build and build and build. How, so do you, do you practice breath work like on a daily basis or on a regular basis? I'm sure you probably get asked this all the time. Yeah. I always get like, what do you, do you have a regular? 
Um, I do. I practice it. You know, I mean, for me, it's different now because like, I don't have, like, you know, when you were talking about the like heaviness in the beginning and it feels really hard, I don't have any resistance to breath work at all anymore. So I don't necessarily need to breathe as long. Sometimes I do. Um, but I don't, I can just kind of come in and like access usually what I need to access pretty quickly. The emotions will show up if they need to show up, you know, sometimes within just a couple of minutes. But yeah, I still use it as as my primary healing tool. I have like other practices that I integrate into it, energy work and things like that. But um, but yeah, it's it feels like it's just a long-term tool. It's a great, you know, tool to have in your toolbox for me. It's like the easiest, especially because it's not actually hard for me anymore. It's definitely the easiest way that I know just to like connect to what's more deep in my subconscious. Like I actually did it this morning. I like work with my dreams as well. So like I'll do kind of dream analysis on what came up the night before because that is pointing to what's in the subconscious. And then I will actually use that information and go into my breathwork session like more intentionally uncovering certain things. So that's sort of where my practice has gotten to. Um, Whereas in the past, it maybe was more about like a lot of emotions that needed to be, you know, I'd be like feeling depressed or feeling anxiety or feeling like, just like I have, I'm like carrying a lot of sadness that needs to be cleared. And I would go into a session for that or just breathe, you know, with no specific intention and just trust that whatever needs to come up needs to come up. It's a little bit more intentional for me at this point in my practice, but I still use it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's evolved. Yeah. And you, and you guide people through, through breath work. How do you, how do you kind of describe the work that you do, you know, just to give kind of people a flavor of, of, you know, what you're, what you're up to and, and how they can kind of interact with you? Yeah. Thanks. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I mean, also I, a hard question to answer sometimes. Like what yeah, do you do? What do, you do? <laughs> um, I mean, so I feel like I'm, I'm cr- a creative person. I create things and then I hold space for people and I support mm. people and guide them into deeper into their own healing journey. So for me, you know, I love supporting people and coming back to themselves. Like I always guide people back to them. Like you have the answers within you. That's what's so incredible about breath work. And it's why I continue to use it as the tool that I support people with. Like, you know, yes, I guide people through breath work. We'll do a little bit of, you know, communication before, you know, I move into the breath work portion of a session. And in that communication time, it's like, working to uncover, you know, helping people connect the dots about their experience. Cause a lot of times for our own experience, it's just, it's like right there in front of our face, but it's like difficult to see it. And when somebody can kind of, sometimes even just asking somebody a certain question, you know, it can help us see something that we didn't see before. And then kind of, you know, when we're having this dialogue, it churns up some of the energy that's ready to clear in a session. And then we'll move in and in the session, I'll use my intuition and kind of feel into what's going on in the person's body and how the energy needs to move, where things are stuck and have them say certain things. Um, So I work one-on-one with people. I have like a four-month program that I have designed to support people in becoming more grounded in themselves. It's called Grounded Soul. So, you know, how to work with 
our emotions, how to like take care of our own needs, like how to look at our relationships and see what they're communicating to us about ourselves. And then ultimately it's all about like going inward, taking responsibility for our own life journey and then yeah. clearing out that energy and reconnecting us to our own unique essence. Mm-hmm. Um, the creative aspect of the work that I do is like just that I make, I like to make things. So like I like to, you know, the program that you had done with me a couple of years ago was called Overcoming Fear of Being Seen and Heard in Your Business. I yes. like supporting people in like, you know, creating, bringing their ideas to life really. And I'll incorporate healing work into that to clear out any of the blocks that are keeping us stuck and keeping us disconnected from what it is that we're really here to do. Beautiful. And I know you have some work um, coming up here in June, right? Around self-love. Mm-hmm. That's something that you're really kind of leaning into to working with. Yeah. In November, I got like a pretty clear download of this program. Um, self, Everything that I teach ends up coming back to self-love because it's, it's the foundation. And that's yeah. what breathwork basically teaches us as well. It gives us connection to our own love. And I have been teaching um, a self-love, Breathworks for Self-Love workshop once or twice a year. Um, And so it's like people don't really get to get as much access to that. Like somebody finds my video and then heads over to my website or something. They don't really get maybe, you know, it's a couple months later and they miss the opportunity. So I was like, I want to create something that's more comprehensive because over the nine years of doing this work, I have learned so much about self-love. Like every time I feel like I've like, you know, learned everything that there is to learn, there's like another layer and another opportunity. And it's it's fascinating to me. I think it's beautiful because it's it's the most profound and transformative experience of my life to like really fully love all aspects of myself and then see the ways in which that's shifted everything else in my life. Um, so yeah, I created a nine module, it's a self-study program so people can work with it, you know, over and over again, I'm giving everybody lifetime access because self-love is long-term work. It's moment to moment work. And, you know, basically when we grow and we, we evolve and we become more conscious of aspects of ourselves and we love ourselves more, we then end up seeing and hearing and experiencing everything completely different. And so if you go back and you work with content that you had worked at at a time when like you were more closed, you're going to hear and see and experience everything in a new way. And that continues to happen as you learn to love yourself more. I was actually having a conversation recently with a friend and kind of talking about this, this concept of we hear self-love a lot, Mm -hmm. but like trying to actually define what that actually is, is kind of this whole other thing. And it was very interesting to kind of talk through it. How do you define what self-love is? Yeah. I, so my whole first module is about that because I feel like yeah. everybody's talking about it now and it's kind of become conflated with like bubble baths and face masks <laughs> yeah. and you know getting massages yeah. and things like that, which are all important ways to take care of yourself. They're all important ways to slow down, to tune into your body, you know, but my definition of self-love is is actually an energetic experience within your own body. So it's a spiritual, emotional connection to yourself that really has nothing to do with any of those other things. So mm. you could be getting in the bubble bath, going to taking massages. You could even be showing up and doing breath work all the time and not loving yourself. 
So it's actually about this opening that happen it happens within your own body where you feel an energetic connection to ultimately something greater than ourselves, like I was saying, saying in the beginning, which then is a, a, a circular energy. So it moves from within ourselves out into the world, back into ourselves. And that energetic connection is the love that we have for ourselves. It is that movement. For most of us, this is why breath work can be so difficult when we're breathing. Like when we breathe into that second inhale, the first inhale is the belly, which is where a lot of the stagnant energy and emotion is. And then we breathe into the heart and we breathe into the heart to open and purify that energy and give it love. Because ultimately everything that's out of balance or the the reasons why we don't love ourselves, they actually need our love in order to be healed. That's how we integrate them and come into balance. I'm curious, you know, you talked about kind of having a, a, a regular breath work practice when, when it comes to, you know, and, and I know mental health can be defined as a number of different things, but when it comes to really nurturing your, your mental, emotional health on kind of a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. um, is, is, are, do you have things that are kind of your go-to tools like day in and day out for really keeping yourself? I know you kind of talked about grounded and, you know, really, really nurturing yourself day in and day out. I do. And we touched on this, I think, before we hit record, like nature is yeah. one of the the biggest ways that I take care of myself. And it's been a big adjustment. I moved from Los Angeles to right outside of Philly about a year and a half ago. Um, it's been really difficult actually being back on the East Coast and not having access to like warmer weather like I'm used to because when I was in LA, I was in nature almost every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to kind of be a little bit creative being here in the ways that I'm doing that. But um, being in nature as much as I possibly can, like getting the sun on my skin when it's out, um, you know, just like really slowing down and paying attention for me, like the practice is literally moment to moment. So I'm just always aware of like when something's showing up that needs my attention within myself, like something that feels off or something that's like, okay, this is actually pointing to something much deeper. I'll do sort of what I was saying before um, where I'll notice something and then I'll go into a breathwork session with that intention to connect to my inner child and work on healing that aspect of myself. So breath work is a massive tool, but also just conscious awareness, being mindful, you know, knowing myself. Breath work has given me um, the experience of actually being fully comfortable with all of myself. Like there's nothing within me that I'm afraid of anymore. And so because I feel so comfortable with not just who I am, it's not the external part. It's like, who am I when I'm by myself and I'm like moving through my life and how do I feel and what's going on in this internal space? When something is off, I feel it very quickly. And then I use that and I try to do it daily. And sometimes that doesn't always happen depending on what's going on in life. Um, But I'll use breath work for that. Like sometimes I'll just go in nature and just like, you know, I've, I've been trying to grow a garden and just like, you know, for me right now, part of like my practice, and this is always changing depending on how I'm evolving. Mm-hmm. But one of the things for me is actually like the lessons I'm learning through like growing things. Like I got a puppy in December and it's mm-hmm. been like 
a very wild experience. And I know that I'm experiencing it for a reason. And there's a lot that I'm receiving um, and a lot of obstacles and a lot of challenges that are teaching me a lot about myself. So then I'm like, okay, well, this is about growing this little being. And I'm also like feeling called to connect to the earth more. And so I'm going to like grow a garden and nurture the garden. And all of that stuff for me is like, it's bringing me more in alignment with my soul. It's connecting me more deeply. I'm very spiritual, obviously. So it's connecting me more deeply to like my, my spiritual connection. Yeah. And so however that needs to look in my life, I'm willing for it to shift. Like I don't need to, I used to be the person that had the list of the 10 things you have to do to like live the best life and have the, you know, the best health and well-being. But now it's more about moving and listening and observing and aligning with what needs to come through for me right now in the moment. But breathwork and nature are pretty much like static. They've been like the foundation for years now. Do you, do you have any insights into when thing, when something's coming up, trying to distinguish between this is something that needs to be honored and kind of leaned into, or this is just the noise of the mind trying to Mm. overcomplicate the shit out of everything. (laughs) That's really good question. Um, I feel like they're different. Like I can experience them differently. And like, for me, like the mind, the mind's trying to complicate things. Like if that's the energy of it, like my, you know, you just kind of know, like your mind's just really busy or super active or whatever. Yeah. To me, that's always pointing to something deeper. So Mm. there's like a fear of something. There's something I feel uncomfortable confronting and looking at. And that's if I get curious and I get quiet or if I just continue a breathwork practice, because in the earlier phases when like I had a very, very active mind, like Mm -hmm. it was almost impossible for me to sit still for like five minutes. Mm -hmm. So I know what that experience is like, where it's like you can't it feels like you're you're enmeshed almost with the thoughts and it feels like Mm -hmm. they are who you are and we don't have space from it. So it's like it can feel overwhelming to like try to figure it out. And that's another reason why I love breath work as a practice because we actually can't figure it out from the mind. Totally. It's actually more of a surrendering and letting the mind go and then feeling what's beneath that. A lot of times what's beneath it is grief Mm -hmm. and the mind is so active because it doesn't want us to feel it or it's fear. And a lot of times with fear that's connected to grief, you know, if we kind of go deeper into anxiety, a lot of times it's like this resistance to feeling some of the sadness. And if you let yourself feel it, it releases. And then you notice that the mental chatter isn't as strong. Mm. That's, that's profound stuff, right? Is, is the, um, cause, cause when, when we're doing breath work, I know it's, it's so, so easy to try to figure out your experience, even when you're in the midst of doing the breath work, like, mm-hmm. like things are coming up, emotions are coming up and, you know, I, I, I find like my mind is just trying to piece all the puzzle pieces together and connect all the dots. And it's like, you know, and and the more that I can remind myself that this is a, this is a somatic experience that just Mm -hmm. like, like, just let my body feel what's there. Like, just let my body feel what's coming up and, and release whatever emotion that is. Even if my mind has no idea what that's even connected to, that's Mm -hmm. healing. Yes. And what's really 
like interesting about it is that when you allow your mind to let go and you just allow yourself to feel more, more of the energy of the feeling gets to be released. So you're actually clearing out more. Uh-huh. And then I describe it because I've had a lot of experience processing grief. Yeah. Um, it, it leaves a residue of wisdom. Mm. So you are always receiving information because that's what energy is. It's these packets of information. When you're allowing yourself to feel it and it's clearing out of your body, mm. you're sorry, it's a little loud. Oh, you're fine. Um, you're actually receiving information from that experience. So many times like the grief will be you know, leaving you with some information about like your, your childhood, or like you might have some aha moments afterwards, or you might just feel better and not realize that you actually received information. But over time, like I was saying before, this is how we show up differently. Hmm. Something's actually shifted within us because we've gotten probably on a subconscious level, the Hmm. information we needed to be able to actually release something. The mind thinks that it has to be in control all the time and understand everything and figure all the things out. Otherwise it it didn't really happen or it's not going to happen or like, we're not going to get everything that we need to get out of it. But actually it's this deeper experience that requires a lot of trust in releasing the mind and we get more out of it. We don't have to actually hold on and try to understand everything because that keeps us separate and it keeps us out of the experience. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to let, sadness out when sadness is there and we need to let anger out when anger is there and and it doesn't need to all make sense all the time right and a lot of times it makes sense later on it may not make sense right now sure as we as we kind of wrap up here i'm curious if you know, I, I just think about people who might be listening to this and maneuvering some pretty heavy stuff in their life, you know, whatever that might be, um, anxiety, you know, in their head, a lot of emotions, grief that they're maneuvering. Have, have you ever, fa- have you found that there's, um, I don't know, like almost like something that people need to hear in those moments that are, that are, you know, like an important message for people to hear when they're in the midst of that intensity of, of life? I have, I don't, I might butcher it because I don't remember it exactly, but years ago when I was going through a dark night of the soul, I wrote something that like went viral on Pinterest and everybody still shares it. And it's something about um, like, it may not feel like you're strong enough to be with this right now, but you are. I said it better when I wrote it back then, but you know, when things feel very difficult, it's really hard to see that it's not always going to feel like this. Mm. And it's hard to see any way out of it. The biggest thing that I lean into is, is self-compassion. This is, again, why self-love is so important because our relationship to ourself is everything. We're the one who has to be with our grief. We're the one who has to be with our depression. We have to live in our bodies. Like only you know what it feels like to be in your body. Only I know what it feels like to be in my body and to like grapple with the feelings and the beliefs and like, you know, the way that I'm navigating life and how life shows up for me. It's a very individual experience, but it's also very universal because we all feel hurt and we all feel the spectrum of human emotions. Um, so I feel like, you know, being able to lean in and, and tell ourselves, even if we don't fully believe it, like it's going to be okay. And I'm going to get through this is important. And it sounds kind of, um, surface level or like when you don't believe it, but one of the things that I try to remind people like in breathwork sessions, so for people who have never done a breathwork session, A lot of times we'll, 
you know, as a facilitator, we'll have somebody say out loud something, you know, say an affirmation out loud, say it's safe for me to be in my body. I am worthy of love. A lot of times when you ask somebody to say something like I'm, I'm worthy of love and they don't actually believe they're worthy of love, it feels wrong to say it. It's like, I'm not allowed to say that. I can't say that because that's not true. I don't believe it. The reason that we say it anyway is because it's a declaration to the universe. It's a claiming of a universal truth because all people are worthy of love. And you would never, you know, somebody who feels like I'm not worthy of love would never really say to somebody else, well, you're not worthy of love, right? It's like everybody else is worthy, but I'm not. So it's, of course, we're all worthy and we affirm it because you're communicating that this is the deepest truth. And then all the parts of you, even if it's 99% of you that feels like I'm not worthy, I'm not allowed to say this, and you say it anyway, you're then sending love to all those parts of yourself that don't believe that you're worthy so that you are acknowledging that you're here to heal those parts. So all this comes back to like inner child work. Most of this is wounding from our childhood. It's like the five-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 13-year-old that had all these you know traumatic experiences that get locked in the body. And then we're here as grown adults and our job is to like nurture and love all the parts of ourselves that have been hurt in the past. And when we do that bit by bit by bit, our life starts to shift. Things start to feel a little bit easier to be with. When we're in these experiences where things feel really, really difficult and we're looking outside in the world and we're thinking that everyone's happy and everyone's lives are great, you know, it's not the reality. And it dismisses the very real experience that's happening for you, that there are a lot of aspects of you right now that are needing your love. And it's really as simple as that. And if we're willing to like, sometimes I'll just tell people, like, if you feel like you're stuck in grief or you're depressed, like, can you just imagine a five-year-old, like, look at yourself as a five-year-old, look at yourself as an eight-year-old and how would you treat that child? You know, it can sound kind of cheesy, but it's very real. I've done all the cheesy things like looking into the mirror and like saying I love you and all that when I was so heartbroken and just like, you know, needing it, just intuitively knowing like I needed to affirm that connection to myself. So I would say like everybody actually has an intuitive knowing of what they need in the moment. And no matter what, how weird it seems like it is, if you allow yourself to honor that, you you know what you need. Yeah. I've been recently carrying around pictures of myself as a child and, and, and trying, I mean, and again, as cheesy as that might sound, like looking at those in the morning, looking at those at night, there, there's a, doesn't solve all of our problems, but there's a subtle shift. There's a subtle shift of going like that little guy or that, you know, that little girl is still in there. Yes. And, and that can be powerful stuff. Very powerful. I so. love that you do that. Well, Michelle, I can't thank you enough for for taking the time to to connect and and have this conversation. I always like to give people. Is there any anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanna wanna mention before we wrap up? I always hate that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, I I yeah. appreciate you. You know, I appreciate you doing what you're doing in the world. I just. I love seeing people. I, I guess just like one thing that I would add is that um, I'm actually teaching, I teach a, a class called Scene, mm. and it's a new thing that I started this year. And whenever I offer something, I never know if I'm going to continue to offer it or not. So it's been just like a fun little experiment. There's no breath work. All we're doing is basically allowing 
ourselves to be seen, to be witnessed in community. And that is so incredibly healing in and of itself. And like witnessing people becoming um, more connected to who they are and feeling like I can show myself, like, oh, it's actually safe for me to show myself. And then getting that imprint in the nervous system, it, you know, shifts things and allows us to go out into the world and create more of whatever it is that we're here to create. So yeah, I think just because you were in my overcoming fear of being seen and heard in your business program, like just looking at you and just seeing that you created this podcast and stuff, I just love, you know, seeing people like we love to, I think this is really like universal human experience when you're like more in your heart that it's like so beautiful to witness people just like shining their light and sharing their gifts. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And we'll, we'll be sure to link up all your, um, all your stuff in our, in the show notes for people to, to check you out and get in touch with you. And, um, just thank you for, thank you for everything. Thanks for being you. You've been super pivotal, um, from a distance in, in my own journey. And so, um, very grateful for you. Thank you. I'm grateful for you as well. A big thank you once again to Michelle for taking some time to connect and chat here on the podcast. So grateful for it. I will link in the show notes of this episode to her website where you can check out the offerings that she has. And I know she mentioned some of them here in our conversation, her scene offering. Also want to mention again, her getting started with breathwork package that you can purchase that is a great entry point into breathwork and and all the beautiful things that it can do for us. So um, hope you found this helpful. As always, my friends, take what serves you from this and go ahead and leave the rest. And no matter what it is that you're going through out there, be gentle one moment at a time and we'll talk soon, okay? Bye. Bye.